mom, put down that coffee and grab a wine. Get ready for another episode of Nursing and Cursing, a parenting podcast that covers more shit than your baby's full diaper. I'm Kate. I'm a stay-at-home mom of three in Brooklyn, New York. I'm trying to figure out whether I should go back to work, have another baby, or spend the rest of my life waiting for my fresh direct order. Hey, I'm Christine, a video editor and a mom of two living in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Allie here, podcasting up in the mountains in South Kona, Hawaii. I work as a real estate agent and a mom of two boys. Hey, I'm Molly. I'm a teacher raising two kids in St. Augustine, Florida. And I'm Sarah, a new mom to one sweet babe living in Brooklyn, New York. Between five busy households, it's a miracle we make it on the mic at all. But trust me, we need this as much as you do. Heyo. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, welcome to Nursing and Cursing. We are here to talk about that nutty time right after your baby comes and uh, you're wondering what the fuck just happened, right? (laughs) So um, yeah, we're wondering, was that postpartum depression or what was that really, you know? Um, But we want to start by saying to you listeners, we are in no way here as experts at all. We are not experts on this topic. We are just five moms in a discussion, truly just wondering what did happen to us after we had our babies. Um, And this podcast is not a resource, but rather a forum for us to just connect with each other about that weird time. So we start by saying that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, yeah. So you guys, what the fuck just happened? Whoa, Whoa, what just happened? (laughs) I mean, it's crazy because in my personal scenario, when I was pregnant with my first baby, um, I really didn't see it coming. But my second trimester, I got hit with um, some pretty heavy emotional, I don't know, hormonal chemical Mm -hmm. imbalances Mm -hmm. um, that, that landed me with a lot of panic attacks um, and depression to the point where I was like, I had to make sure that I was in therapy and I was having to go to yoga and I had a special place at work that I could go and step away from my classroom because I was having breaks. I was having breaks. So mental breaks. Breakdowns. So um, that was breakdowns. Yeah. And this again, Molly was pregnancy for you. I mean, I remember that was pregnancy. Yeah. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because at the time my therapist said um, people who experience this kind of um, anxiety, yeah, I'm calling it an imbalance alley because like I I didn't have this stuff when I wasn't pregnant. I don't know what like the actual term for it is, but she said people who experience this shift in their pregnancy often will have a pretty hard bout of postpartum depression. So we're going to get you with a speed dial number to a psychiatrist and we're going to be prepared for if it does happen, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> that is so, so I was nervous. Cute. Like how great that you sought that out for yourself and yeah, I guess so, Sarah. I mean, she really was the one, it was great that I was in therapy, but she was the one kind of like, getting me prepared. But at the same time, I still, I don't really know what happened. I don't know if I would, 
I don't know if I would call it postpartum depression because it didn't last months and months. And I don't. It's also like. I never went in and was diagnosed. Well, it's also or, like you know. to me. I also sometimes think like, does it matter if you give it a label? I mean, I guess if you're if right. you're going to a doctor and you need a diagnosis to get, you need to name the problem to get to the solution. But I mean, when you think of yourself, does it really matter? Do you feel any different if you give it a name or if you just like lean into what it was, mm-hmm. whatever it was? Right. Yeah. No. You're you're totally right and. And I guess where my question lies is like really how long it lasted. Mm-hmm. And there are some moments that I can now step away from and be like, oh, buddy, that was not normal. Okay, baby blues. What do they say about that, you guys? Like, oh, if it's like a few weepy. weeks. Mm-hmm. But it, like, yeah, but I, I feel like it's different if you are like not connecting with the baby or um, – you know, you're just feeling so down about on yourself about however you're coping with being a mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want me to tell you, like, for me, like what happened and where my question is? Sure, we yeah. can you know, share our experiences. So you guys are saying, sorry, I'm a little bit behind, or maybe I just didn't read very much or don't read very much. <laughs> Coming at you from Hawaii. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> Adults? No. What I mean. um, the baby blues. So that is something that they've got, you know, some bullet points as to what that is. Well, no. I mean, basically what I heard was like, oh, everybody gets the baby blues. Right. And this is what they look like. But then, you know, if you're wondering if you're suffering from postpartum depression or anxiety, uh, it like lasts longer mm. than that, or it could be more, more severe symptoms. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's right. it just like, yeah, feels more serious. It lasts a little longer. You um like you said, it's like, it's kind of like symptoms of regular depression, but it's, it's it, it can turn into like a kind of psychosis, to, right, Sarah? Like it's re- like like thoughts that you can't control. And, the psychosis mm. is pretty rare, but um, but yeah, but like symptoms of regular depression, like feeling bad about yourself, one possibly wanting to harm yourself or the baby, mm-hmm. um, fear of being alone with the baby, like okay. Um, and then there's like, and then there's postpartum anxiety, which is basically just like f- fear of bad things happening to the baby mm-hmm. and having, yeah, like raising thoughts. Right. You guys and it's saying. tricky because on both of those things, the they're both the things that on some level, the mom's going to have at least some dose of right. those feelings or thoughts. Yeah, it's right? not everything's when a spectrum. Right. So right. I see where it's Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. did you guys so, see that image that was circulating around the internet recently of the mom like holding, she's breastfeeding her yes. baby and she's sobbing? Yes. Oh, and so, no. what about the picture I sent no. you guys today of the mom Powerful. on the toilet, her head in her hands, like so. F- yeah, the baby. head in her hands, mm-hmm. naked. And the baby's uh, in the rock and play right next to her on the mm-hmm. toilet. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's like real motherhood right there in the beginning. It's not rosy, but yeah, you know. Um, 
so you guys, when I came back, okay, so I had, I had the baby and then I got an infection and then I had a vaginal mm-hmm. surgery that was like, you know, a real serious surgery where I was put out and whatever came back and I could not walk by myself for a long time. And so during this time of healing weeks and weeks and weeks, um, after the baby, I don't know what week it was, but I do remember my brother-in-law was mm-hmm. visiting. Yikes. Which this, this is what tells me like I was not in my right mind because of the way I was acting when he was in my house. But, um, I don't know what happened. It could have been a little something. My husband and I had a quick disagreement. Um, and I remember I started to cry and I was in my room alone and, um, there, my thoughts were very, very clear. And the thoughts were, I fucked up majorly. I can't admit it to anybody, but I -hmm. can't do this because I have to do this forever because I'm going to be a mom forever. And I, it just dawned on me like, I can't do it. Who can I tell the truth to? There's nobody I can tell the truth to. I can't call my sister. I can't call my therapist. I will not call my therapist. It was so deep of this fear of like, um, I can't be the mom. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I think that feeling of like, that feeling of this is forever, that Mm -hmm. hearing that door slam behind you. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who hasn't met that feeling with some Mm -hmm. kind of panic. Mm -hmm. And what it came out as, I started to cry in my pillow, and the cryings became um, the crying became sobs, but then the sobs became screaming. Oh, okay. Like I'm looking back and like getting choked up because it was so scary for me. I felt it was out of control. Mm-hmm. So the screaming be- it became blood curdling mm. screaming at the top of my lungs. <clears throat> my brother in law's in the next room. Oh. My husband's got the baby. My husband comes in after about five minutes of it and says, Molly, you need to stop. The neighbors are going to call the cops. It's not It doesn't sound right what's happening. And I just couldn't stop screaming. I couldn't even speak. I was just looking at him screaming Mm -hmm. um, Mm. because I wanted to escape and I couldn't and I couldn't admit why. So um, I don't know how much longer passed, but he comes in with the phone and he is on the fucking phone with the midwives at the hospital. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Says, Molly, you need to stop screaming. You need to talk to the, the midwife. Um, and I looked at him like, are you fucking crazy? You just told on me is what I felt. And I then the words did come out. And I said, uh-huh. get out, get out, get that fucking phone away from me. Get it away from me. And... Um, <clears throat> He like hurried out of the room and I could hear him answering questions like, no, she's not. I don't think she's going to hurt herself. She's starting to calm down. Um, But yeah, that was and I did calm down. And 24 hours later, um, the midwife called on Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. by the way, to check in on me. And um, wow, that was the dark time, but it would still fall under. The baby blues time frame, but it was so swinging so far in one direction, you know, just really scary. But once I was able to get on my mm-hmm. feet, things changed. The yes, the anxiety, the panic, and the depression melted away. Mm-hmm. So that's so 
intense, Molly. It was intense. And so I was so afraid with my second baby, but it never happened. None of it happened at all. With your second, you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was great, you know? Well, your first birth was so traumatic. And, you know, like that's something that can happen too that, you know, not it's not talked about very often. It's like, yeah. it's like PTSD. Yeah. And, I, and you remember, birth. Sarah, I did have PTSD with my second birth in regards to like my healing and stuff. But my general moods and my ability to just be up with my baby, I was like, when is the other shoe going to drop? And it never did. It was very joyful. It's great. Compared. Yeah. I, I think that your birth experience is huge. How could it not be? Right? I, not to say that that's a reason, but that that oh, yeah. is huge, mm-hmm. depending on what happened. I mean, you know, if there's, if it's um, scary or traumatizing at all, it's so big. It's your whole body. It's your whole everything that I can see where the anxiety would come in. Allie, you were so far away, mm-hmm. you know, literally on the island. Yeah. yeah. I do remember, you know, getting a call <laughs> from you after you had your first and hearing something in your voice I had never heard before. Mm-hmm. And you just said, like, I want you to come. I want you to come. Oh, yeah. Was What were you, ex- what was that like for you? Um, God, I don't know. I'm crying right now because, oh, I think I remember saying that. Um, think about how we're so close, Molly. You're the closest person to me and we're so far away. I had my first baby. So it was just like, I need you to be here. It was just such a big change, the biggest change that had ever happened to me. I needed you to be a part of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not having anything to do with um, baby blues or postpartum depression, but just the change is so huge. You don't want to do it alone. And I would say that my feelings with um, baby blues or any anxiety – that I had was a loneliness that you can't really put your finger on because you have a husband and you have people around you supporting you and you have um, this baby, but it's some kind of a loneliness that you are the mom and no matter what, um, you're doing this. You're doing this forever and it feels like forever. The physicalness of it and the no sleeping and everything, it fe- you cannot see past tonight or tomorrow and especially with your first you don't know how long it's going to go on you know so it's a kind of a really lonely feeling and I remember that there's no I think when you have your first I mean I think part of what I mean I don't know how much this contributes to to baby blues or postpartum depression or any of it but I think part of what happens when you have your first is there is no way reality can match expectation there's just no there's nothing that you can do to be prepared mentally ready. There's no, Mm-mm. it doesn't, it, there's nothing. There's nothing that you can do. To, it's like being shot to the moon. You don't like one minute you're on earth. Right. And people can tell you and you hear stories, but you just right. don't know till you're yeah, in it. Even truly. like I considered myself to be like really prepared and anybody who knew me before I had a baby knew all I ever wanted was to like have a baby. <laughs> I love babies, and I was very familiar with birth. I was very familiar with postpartum and what happens. All my friends that had kids, and it still felt like a huge shift. Obviously, it's life-changing to have a baby, but it still felt 
shocking to me the like the shift in my life, the change that happened, and all the challenges that I was faced with daily. Like even though I knew that they were coming, it it didn't matter. There was no preparation that was going to actually no. prepare no. me for the real thing. Yeah, it's thing. it's pretty remarkable because you birth a baby, but you're birthing your new self as mm-hmm. a mother. That stretch is crazy. Sarah, what kind of feelings did you have? Did you have anything between where Molly and Sarah, or Molly and Allie were? How were your actual feelings? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've definitely had experiences close to what Molly. I I wouldn't say that I did the screaming. I did more punching out of like frustration with myself that I wasn't like doing better. Doing better like emotionally or not tackling just the physical tasks that you put upon yourself. Just yeah, like the idea of being a mother, uh, yeah, being a mother and that I felt like I mm. wasn't like living up to my expectation of myself and also doing a lot of comparing and you know, comparing myself to other moms and looking at them and saying, Mm -hmm. like, God, they make it look so effortless. Like they've got their hair done and the baby's dressed and not in pajamas and their stroller (laughs) is so beautiful. Like how come, how come Francis like looks like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Why do me and my my baby look like shit? She's just just in sweats. (laughs) The lesson here is get off Instagram after you have a baby. Don't go on Instagram, guys. Uh, oh, and if you God. are like just killing it, do us a favor, keep it to yourself because we cannot handle it. <laughs> yes, seriously. It hurts. It hurts. Real- that should be like the first, your first prescription for somebody who walks in for, with postpartum depression or anxiety. It's just like get off all social mm-hmm. media. Mm. Unless, unless you Good need advice. it, unless you need it to find like other babies in group sweats, of moms. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sarah, that's what I always say when we're, whenever we're talking about this, I'm always like the first year after you have a baby, it should be like when you enter rehab, like you're not allowed to make any major changes or decisions yes. in your life. Like you're not, you think you're right. fully functional and you think that you're <laughs> mentally sound, but no, you're not for the first 12 months. Like in my mind, you're mentally unhealthy. I don't care what you're posting. Like, I don't fucking, I don't it's trust you. It's not fair. It's like not even anything we <laughs> do, but you're not sleeping and you have so many crazy fucked up hormones that are trying to regulate in your body. So I'm just putting that out there. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're not doing the tasks or getting your hair done or, or, you know, taking a shower every five days, your body is going through so much. So uh, it's just good to remember that new moms need to be gentle with themselves, right? Right. Because you're, t- you're keeping a person alive and you've never done that before. And it's all consuming and it's never, never ending. And nobody's ending. sleeping. And uh, nobody's wait. sleeping. <laughs> or will ever sleep. And add the other things that some people have, like problems with nursing, mastitis, or really bad hemorrhoids, you know, stitch it, mm-hmm. all of it, all of it. All of tucking it. the hemorrhoids. Just tucking them in. Have I ever talked just, about that? We'll do it next time. <laughs> I believe so. I believe we must have, but maybe we should have an old episode of tucking it back in. Um, Chrissy, you've had two babies. Was it different for each? Did you, what was the experience? Was it different for each one? Uh, definitely. I would say my pregnancy with Levi 
was awesome. When he came, we had troubles nursing. I think I've spoken about that before. He was yes. – had such um, a journey. We had to oh tube feed God. for three months. We had three months of just tube feeding, pumping around the clock for three straight months. Hell. But I have to – Hell. But I have to say through all of it – and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I was okay. Mm-hmm. You really were shockingly okay. Yeah. yeah. Shockingly okay. <laughs> I was okay. And I feel like Levi was tricky in that he didn't sleep, but he – I don't know. I feel like my first year with Levi, albeit hard, I felt like mm-hmm. mentally I was okay. My pregnancy with Matilda was rough. And my first year with her, she's 10 months now, it has been really hard. And I think from the pregnancy, she was originally a twin. I lost one of the twins. And I think from there, kicked off a very mm-hmm. stressful pregnancy. Um, I became high risk. I was monitored a lot. They wanted to take her out early. They'd ended up not, but it was just very intense. And you I moved. also moved. I left my life in California behind, so it was intense. And then, and you had a toddler, like all those right, things, plus a toddler. Yes, and right. so I think once she came, it was so hard. She was a she was really tough. She was colicky, and then Levi was, you know, almost three, and so he was going through what three year olds go through on top of a newborn. Yes. And I think being in a new city and just two kids. I don't know. And you guys, I do fertility to get pregnant. So I think when you actively try to get pregnant, you want it. You're Mm -hmm. praying for it so much. So the pressure to love it and to never Mm -hmm. complain about it is on you because you feel extra blessed. You, when you do fertility, you meet women who have been in there several years just praying for that baby. I lucked out both times, right? So when I feel overwhelmed, I feel guilt. Like how Mm. dare I, people would just kill to be in my shoes. So it's just an extra layer, at least for me on that. So I don't know. It's definitely been a lot more difficult for me to go around. I don't know if I'd call it postpartum or just so many life changes all um, occurring at once. It is so once. interesting to hear you s- say that. It's Sorry. So Keep going, Cardi. I think I'm a really good parent when I'm just with one kid, but when I'm with two kids, I'm not good. And I'm still learning how to do it, but I don't feel good at it. I feel really out of control about it. Like I can't be kind to them both at the same time. I can't give them enough at the same time. And it, that's been a huge challenge. When I'm with one-on-one, I'm great. I feel like I'm a good mom. Together, so I you struggle feel like so much. Depression, or we don't need to call it that, your blues or your negativity has come, you know, after two kids and later on. And it's more of just like, this is hard and it doesn't yes. necessarily yes. feel good most of the time. It's really hard. It feels good as often as it can feel bad. And by bad, it just, it, a lot of it is me. I put so much pressure on myself. Like I have a lot of guilt. Oh, I gave Levi so much. I'm not giving mm. the same to Matilda or, you know, maybe I'm more lax than I used to be like, let me throw on a show or whatever. That sounds stupid. But I think there's also a lot of pressure for me to do it so differently than my parents did it because I had n- I had a difficult childhood and I don't want to repeat that for my kids. And so I just think with the second kid, it is coming mm-hmm. in so hot, the pressure for me. And I'm totally working on it and I'm aware of it, but it, it's been hard. It's been really hard. 
I think we should do another episode on mom guilt now that most of us have multiple kids because it's like so different than the first time we recorded it's it. So different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It is. So, so yeah, that's where I am. I mean, and so I love having two, but it's just so much different than I thought it would be, and I'm just I'm navigating that your own expectations. Currently. Yeah. So yes. Um, Kate, did you have something similar? Because you're you've got three mm-hmm. kids. What? Was it different for you, kid to kid? With well, with Wawa, I mean, this is I'm latching back ten years in my memory now, but um, I th- I didn't. The great thing about having Wilder was that it was not a planned pregnancy, not a thoughtful pregnancy. Um, I had not done much living past college. I got pregnant like the year or two after I graduated from college. So, in a way, I think that was a strange blessing because I. I I didn't have like this amazing adult life that I I hadn't taught I hadn't had this idea like okay everything's great the cherry on top will be yeah. a baby it was I I had done no planning I just suddenly was like one day I was um, smoking weed with my roommates the next day I was having a baby like I was just like woo whatever but that was <laughs> a, a weird blessing because I had zero expectations like I didn't think I wasn't scared. I didn't think it would be really great and I didn't think it would be really bad. I just had I was just like totally facing the unknown. Um in the moment. In the moment. And it was it was like way more difficult than I thought it would be, but I was also just moving f- moving forward at the speed of light. Like I started grad school and he was 6 months old. And, oh and my God. just like the the forward motion was great. The momentum was there and I do, I barely remember that first year. I know I, mm-hmm. with Edie, um, with Edie, I mean, I ha- my mom died a week before Edie mm. was born, mm. and I'm gonna cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's okay because Kate, we didn't is. we didn't know if she was gonna be a boy or a girl, and then. <sighs> She was a beautiful girl. Right. So she was a girl and it just felt, I mean, it was like this like amazing um, gift. I really felt like I'm not really a spiritual person, but it was really great. But then, of course, like I had that swing. I couldn't go to my mom's funeral. Um, I had a toddler, a newborn. My mom had just died and I was trapped in. Um, a 400 square foot apartment in a snowdrift in New York. And I was like, wow, <laughs> fuck, shit could not get, like, shit couldn't get worse. Like, um, uh, right. But, uh, so that was like, Edie's first year was really hard. It was really hard. I mean, it, it felt oh. like a slog. And the hardest. Yeah. And, um, mm. and with Mavis, I with Mavis, I felt like I really hit the skids after I had Mavis in a weird way. I felt the most prepared, but I had the worst fallout. I can't. And I think it's because I never went back to work after Mavis was born. So there was no, I wasn't swimming towards land. I was just out to sea. And I was, and every day I felt like Mm -hmm. I drifted further out instead of swam further in. Do you know what I mean? I was like, okay, there was... There was no shore that I was going towards. I was just in this new reality where I had three kids under five and I was living in an apartment and this was just my new life now. And that 
That's a hard one to swallow. It's so hard. And, yeah, was, and I was I yeah. was only 30, so I was like, "Oh my god." I'm like, I fucked it up. I like I had one shot. Wow, I blew it really fast. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, wow, I'm only 30. I already fucking blew the case out on all my potential in my life. But of course, I didn't feel like that a year later. But that first year, um, basically every day I was like, my bad. Every single day I just would be like, got to make the most of it. Really fuck this one up. And that, that was kind of my attitude for a year. Did any of you guys um – reach for help did any what did anybody do anything was there ever medication involved oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good i mean no no awesome, medication Sarah. for me but just being a mom in it and realizing like oh wow i got no career kind of the same thing kate like accepting the stay-at-home mom thing is what with the two kids is kind of and critty what you were talking about is kind of what brought the depression in. i don't know if that's a different episode you guys of course it is so so that feeling did get me into therapy for a little bit you know and that's an episode too just like um you know where am i what is this what does this feel like i'm not that happy and critty i also want to speak to what you said about having your kids and you, you do fertility i'm just really relieved to hear you say that you feel guilty. I mean, that sounds terrible, but I have the opposite where I'm like, I didn't plan either one of these children. So when I'm like, fuck this, I hate this. <laughs> you know, when I have these moments, like this is, this is too hard. I'm thinking, oh my God, I bet other moms don't feel this because they actually sat down and said, Hey, let's have a baby. Oh yeah. But you too. That's how you know? I know. find a way to feel uh, yeah. guilty no matter yeah. what our experience was. <laughs> I guess so. It's in the back of my mind. I'm like, it's because, you know, I didn't actually plan these babies. I wasn't necessarily ready right. to have babies. And maybe this is why I'm feeling this way, but no. it's not. Right? You know? No, no, it's not. No, it's just that it's so yeah. unbelievably yeah. hard. Yeah, it's that identity. You're like giving birth to a new identity and it's usually like one that sucks way more than your old identity. <laughs> it's, it's like fatter, sadder, tired. Like it's it's, it's like fatter and sadder. Um <laughs> and tireder. Fatter, fatter and sadder. It's like oh, oh god. But you're so right, Allie. You're just like you're just it's like you walk through this door. I can't explain it. People are like, oh my God, walk through this door. It's going to be fucking amazing. And you walk through this door. It's like a prison. It shuts behind you. You're like, wait, what? You cannot see fuck? I know. Okay. And you're like, oh, you guys, oh this my is God. forever. I can't just fucking take off and go to the Caribbean with Critty and have margaritas if I want to. This sucks. The forever, Allie, that forever feeling that you're talking about. Like, That's the anxiety. I, I do remember. I do remember with Wilder. I, I actually do remember around week six being like, okay, I'm, this has been real. This has been great. I've learned a lot. Peace. When the peace, <laughs> like, give back. Like, when this kid seems super sweet, I wonder when his real mom is going to show up because I am fucking tired and I'm over it. I'm out. I'm out of here. Great experience. I'll do a TED here. talk now. <laughs> right. When I'm ready to have kids, I'm going to remember all of this. Okay, moving on. Freelance mom. <laughs> and guys, also. 
like somebody brought it up about the anxiety with the baby, the new baby and the anxiety and the tossing and turning in bed and, uh, or, you know, you change them into, you move them into the crib and then you're terrified that they're not going to wake up in the morning. Yes. I have that a lot with Matilda that I didn't have with Levi. A lot of anxiety. Is she breathing? Is she breathing? A lot of that still Mm -hmm. sucks. And did you guys also have, just for the moms out there having it, when you first have that baby, it, I think we've talked about it before, as this four o'clock hour comes around or the sun starts to go down, you are panicking because you know you're mm-hmm. going to be up all night. It's kind of a really hard feeling. Yeah, that was my trigger for sure. So you're not mm-hmm. alone. It just seems like becoming a mom and going through this n- newborn period, it's just the perfect storm to for a postpartum depression or anxiety or some sort of mood disorder to develop because you're just like you're getting hit from all angles either that or a divorce yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so nailing it and failing it guys thank you so much for sharing by the way i love you guys very very much Love you. Love y'all. Love you. Um, who's got one, guys? Who's got one? I've got a killer nail. It has nothing to do with um, children or raising kids, but I'm just really fucking psyched to share it. You guys want to hear? Let's hear it. Um, yeah. Do you guys know what an easy pass is? Feel free to fucking fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what an easy pass is? I know Sarah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, it's my. Sure it's do. the clicker that you put in your car. Every time it's connected to your credit card, you go through a bridge or a tunnel in the tri-state area and it bills you whatever it's like five bucks a toll oh whatever okay a year ago um our bank told us that um they had declined to pay our easy pass because they thought it had been um corrupted or something there was a thousand dollars of charge on it somebody going to staten island every day using our easy pass all right oh god okay. oh. fucking blue in the face explaining to some idiot on the phone that i would never go to staten island every day fucking god if you paid me the thousand dollars <laughs> anyway is there a hottie on staten island that jj's going to see every day or what oh my god <laughs> shit asking if he if he got up that early he might be a suspect but so we whatever i'm like dealing with that's a thousand bucks, okay? Yeah. In the, in the meantime, they suspend the Easy Pass, so now I don't have one. And every time I go through a toll, I get billed the fine, which is a hundred dollars. So I get the five dollar <gasps> toll, then I get billed a hundred dollars. Oh my and gosh! Finally, no. after a year of calling a one particular person at Easy Pass, literally every single day I have called this man, and I'm never anything but so sweet. And every time I talk to him, I act like it's the first time we've ever had this Do we conversation. Have a name on him? What's his name? <laughs> oh my god! Um, his name is wow. Bruce Feldman, and every, <laughs> oh my literally god. every single time I talk to him, I am so sweet. I'm never upset. I'm like Bruce. Um, hey, Mr. Feldman, just calling a touch base. I give him my account number every single day. Today, all the charges were dropped, and I'm wow. finally clear. Shout out to Bruce Feldman. Shout out. Way to persevere. Okay, that's a hot, hot nail. I'm going to raise you a fail. I'm going to raise you a fail. Um, I only have a fail, but I took the kids out to dinner. (laughs) Don't ask why. Dumb, dumb. You get whatever you deserve. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) kids. Um, And, you know, Augie's 
busy spilling his water or whatever. Um, I, Marigold is in a high chair and I just, I don't even think my body was really turned, but all I know is I turned back and the waitress is standing there holding Marigold. This happened um, in, what? it felt oh. like okay. half a second. And I looked at her <laughs> with these wide eyes, like what? I'm confused. What? And she was like, oh, she was standing up. I'm sorry. I should have asked you if I, she was just, she was about to fall out of her chair. Oh my God. And she's, That's, this, what a good this mom. girl's 18 years old. <laughs> she told me later. Your new babysitter. She was like, just so you know, this is how you, yeah, this is how you clip the high chair. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I d- yeah. It was one of those mm-hmm. wooden ones where they can like slip themselves out i never know how to clip those for the record girl i swear is there a certain way to do it i don't think i just put it across the lap and they just fall out there's that's the dumbest high chair i hate those anyway that's that's my fail anybody else (sighs) yeah i got a real heavy one i hate it you guys Um, oh no I know. The reason I was late to get on the mic is because I was at the dentist with my kids. I thought you were going to say for sure that you ran over one of your pets again. Yeah, I was sure that the dog had bit the dust. <laughs> Me too, Sarah. I was like, she ran over the dog. How's the, how was the dentist? Sorry, how was the um, dentist? Phoenix, who's my seven-year-old, he has some cavities in between his teeth in the back, you guys. Sorry, it's normal. It's normal, but it stinks. Fuck. We never had them at suck. age seven, Molly. No, we didn't. We didn't. But kids do. And what am I doing wrong? I feel terrible doing anything wrong. Allie, it's not your fault. You know, Allie, between the teeth, dude, give yourself a fucking break. It's flossing. And what? Who here is flossing their kids teeth? Don't even floss my own. So yeah, yeah. sorry. Oh Here's a better God. question. Sorry, who here is fucking flossing their own teeth? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't even own. Don't own floss. So <laughs> anyway, so poor thing. We're gonna have to go have that taken care of. There's like a couple of them. Aww. I just feel shitty. Oh God, Allie. I know you do. Any one of us would, but it's nothing. Okay. Edie had cavities. I felt fine. Fuck you. He was sitting around eating. He Snickers. felt fine. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, not, no. was- her teeth are close together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're gonna <laughs> fall out. They're gonna fall out. Anyway, I mean, whatever. I was like, I love- put the dried bananas down. I started screaming that at him today. That's a humble brag. It's like, no, but they're like, yeah. (laughs) Put that apple away, you naughty thing. No, but when you tell your dentist, what do they eat? I have said before, they eat a lot of dried fruit, and the dentist has been like, that's like the worst fucking thing you can feed your kid. Straight. Is it? Like, feed my kid Twizzlers. Because other people on the mainland are feeding their kids gummy bears and like. The mainland. Captain Crunch, so, no, no, but just straight shooting dried bananas all day is really bad. You know, you can't be like, oh, <laughs> okay, no, I can't do this. No. I'm not going to do For this. For the teeth. Anyway, yeah, you're right. I feel bad. I he's got cavities. <laughs> Moving on. I okay. suck. Okay. Wait, can I just? I'm sorry, but Allie. Wait, yeah. I just need to bring you back. <laughs> the okay, teeth Phoenix are going to fall cavities. out. They're going to fall out. That's great news. I can start again. You guys oh my god, you are circling the drain. The <laughs> They're going <laughs> to fall out, which is so good. Remember, I reset his absences in the first grade. I'm going to reset his teeth when we get new there ones. You go. There you go. Yeah, cool. I'm going to floss job. when he turns 15. Okay, go. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Nailing, failing. All it? right, I got to fail. Oh, baby. We're doing great. <laughs> and you know it's related to my cat, right? Because oh, all of my God. family oh, is related to my cat. Damn on it. Wednesday. Come on. Mm. 
Okay, what you got? I thought that cat died of diarrhea. Uh, the other day, I saw Frances was like kind of like producing some foam from her mouth, and she was like really happily chewing on something. And I was like, oh shit, what a, you know? She picked something up off the floor, so I did a finger sweep in there, and I pulled Hold out on. a cat. What? Just to let people know, Frances is not the cat; it's your baby girl. Okay, oh yeah, Frances is my baby girl, so I. Did a finger sweep and I pulled out a cat nail. Oh, oh. I actually. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> Guys, let's do one I'm of the. I'm gonna those... go throw up. <laughs> let's do one of the girls' Instagram polls. What's worse, Francis sucking on a cat nail or Marigold sucking on a dirty tampon apple? <laughs> or, or, Phoenix, or Phoenix's cavities. Or Phoenix. <laughs> no, or Phoenix eating rat shit at 10 months old. So what? what's worse? <laughs> um, Sarah, I thought you were going to say cat shit. I'm so I glad that you said a cat nail. Oh, I can't believe that's too. actually better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I'm so sick. <laughs> you guys, we, we covered some heavy topics tonight, but we just wanted to give a shout out to all anybody if you're really suffering after you've had a baby or during your pregnancy, we want to encourage you to get the support that you need. You're not alone, and we don't want you to suffer in silence. Please check out our blog post. We have made a link there to the Postpartum Support International. Their website is www.postpartum.net. They have great information, phone and text support, and online uh, support and support groups all over the country. So don't be afraid to speak up and please get whatever help you need. We love you. Thank you, Sarah. And thank all of you guys for sharing tonight. And um, listeners, if you are liking what we do here, share the love. Please, please give us a review on iTunes tonight. Like do it today, right now. And that will help us get the word out. And um, we'll see you guys Next time on Nursing and Cursing. Take care, mamas. Can't wait. Check us out next week for another episode of Nursing and Cursing, where it's safe to admit that you just left your kid in the car to run into Ace Hardware for five minutes.